Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. Is a classroom the best way to teach your children how to be curious, creative, and entrepreneurial? Of course not. Real learning comes from doing. Welcome to the Children's Business Fair, a one-day event where young people can launch and showcase a business. You'll be amazed by what children can accomplish, and it's a great way to bring your neighborhood to life. Launching a Children's Business Fair is easier than you think and free. We'll even throw in $500 of prize money. Find out more at podcast.childrensbusinessfair.org. What's up, you guys? Roger Jessup here with the Utah House Doctors. So you just bought your nice new house, and what happens when something goes wrong or something breaks? We have you covered. We have vetted several contractors, whether it be from a break in your sprinkler lines or your kid punched a hole in the wall and you just need a handyman. You have access to these people by following our page, and these are people that we know and trust. All right, everyone, I am here today with Diane from the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm so excited to have her on. We are diving into minimalism with our physical objects as well as intentional living and all the things minimalist this month. And we wanted to kick it off with Diane because she is so inspiring and really, I would say, an expert in being minimalist while also living a normal life, parenting, and all those things. So welcome, Diane. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here to talk about these things with you. Yeah, so tell us, if our audience doesn't listen to your podcast or doesn't know you, can you tell us where your minimalist journey began? Absolutely. So my minimalist journey began, I am 33 now, about to be 33. It began all the way back when I was 22, 23. Mm -hmm. My husband and I had been newly married and we were searching for something in my parents' basement. I don't remember what the item was at this point, but I just remember we were looking around and my husband, and I'm paraphrasing here, said, look at all these things that are now in boxes that were once your dad's hard-earned work hours. And he just expressed to me that he had no interest in having tons of boxes of things in our basement. And I always have to preface all of this by saying, I don't want to throw my parents under the bus with that because I had an idyllic childhood. I really loved my experience. And I think that my parents, my dad's a baby boomer. So I think that he just, that that's something that probably is a generational thing a little bit, but not to throw them under the bus. I do appreciate everything they did, but it was just something that we didn't want for our lifestyle moving forward. Like I said, we were newly married and I loved that we had that conversation at that point because it really did start us off on this path of how do we live with less? How do we prioritize experiences with our money over things. But I guess it just kind of started there and it affected the way that I shopped for clothes. And then it started affecting the way that we bought groceries and then my schedule and my friendships. I just can't believe I had a light bulb moment like that, I guess. I wouldn't say that it's like that for everyone, but it really did just occur to me in that moment. Right. So I feel like within minimalism, there's this wide range on one end, you have people that have this set amount of things that they want to own. And when you walk into Mm -hmm. their home, you can tell. It's like, 
there's four cups and one blanket. So there's that side. And then I would put myself in the other end bucket of where I want my life to feel simple and intentional in things, mm-hmm. but also just in the choices I make. But but if you walked into my house, you wouldn't say, oh, a minimalist lives here. <laughs> so how do you describe yeah, I, where you fit in that? So I like that you're talking about this right now because outside of the podcast, I have this little side hustle of photography that I do. So I'm constantly in people's houses taking newborn photos. Mm-hmm. So I've actually gotten to see what people's houses look like because sometimes I, I feel the same way. I'm like, do people actually think I'm a minimalist if they come to my home? And then I go to other people's houses and I guess maybe I shouldn't be judging, but um, <laughs> teach their own. But I'm like, oh, okay. We really aren't buried by our possessions. We have very few things on our walls. Everything is very intentionally curated for what I have. I don't want to own things that I don't love. Okay. And sometimes that can be a bad thing because then I go on these, like these sprees of just getting rid of things that maybe we shouldn't have gotten rid of. Um, and maybe I didn't ask permission necessarily. But yeah, I think that you can tell that I'm a minimalist by coming into my home and looking at my, the things that I own. But I would also say it does bleed into how many relationships I have that I'm really investing in and what I'm filling my schedule with. And I really like the idea of like, let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. So if I'm going to say yes to something, it's going to be a heck yes. It's not going to be like fickle or like, Oh, I don't know. I wish I wouldn't have said that. I am very comfortable saying no to things if I really don't want to do them. So that's even a minimalist concept that I don't think people think of when they originally think, Oh, minimalism, but it really does bleed into every element of your life. Right. So what I hear you saying is that minimalism, maybe not necessarily is this certain type for every person, but it's almost this feeling that it gives our life maybe like a little bit of a breath. And for me, I think with personal possessions, I see my things as, are they serving me or am I serving them? And mm-hmm. I think especially as a mom, I what got me interested in exploring minimalism is that feeling where I have so many things to serve and mm-hmm. people to take care of. I don't want any more, you know, clothes to serve or toys to serve or all these things that are taking my time. So I feel like a lot of us are maybe subconsciously craving minimalism mm-hmm. and craving simplicity because our lives are filled with so many things, whether that be digital distractions or we're trying to do a lot more than what a normal person can do in a day it's easy to oh i'll just add one more thing to my docket when it's on my computer and i'm home anyway so i'll take on Mm -hmm. this project and that and also just the consumerism the overwhelming Mm -hmm. (laughs) onslaught of buy this buy this all the time and for me the idea of minimalism has brought hope that I can find joy with less instead of always craving more. Have you felt that? A hundred percent. And I'll just be honest with you guys as if you were my friends. I'm very much a straightforward, um, straight shooter person. And I am going to be more direct with my opinions in that we have to be very honest with ourselves. And I think so often we aren't honest about what makes us happy. And sometimes it can be really hard having conversations with people that we feel like we're letting down 
or if we're honest with ourselves, are we comparing too much to what our neighbor has or the preschool mom we see has or whoever we're following on social media? I think we just have to really evaluate and see what's priority for us and our family. It's not about anyone else. It's about Mm -hmm. what you feel works best for your family. And it often is living with less, whether again, it's the toys that you have, it's your wardrobe, it's what's filling up your calendar. And I don't think people realize that until they start parting with things that they feel such a relief. The weight that you're carrying, you don't even realize you're carrying it until you start parting ways Mm -hmm. with your possessions or whatever it is filling up your calendar. Mm -hmm. And I would just suggest start small have small steps. And then, I mean, this is with anything you start to build that momentum and really cultivating that lifestyle. And again, minimalism is going to look different for everyone. I don't expect it to look the same for everyone. And I think that people have that comparison mindset of if they start to pursue minimalism, they see someone like the minimalist, not no shade there, but how realistic is it for us as moms, especially of more than one child, when these little people have their own personality, their own ideas of what they want to bring in. So let's help guide them. And like, it's just not going to look the same for everyone. So I hope that that someone answers your question. I just think that we have to get honest about our priorities and what is yeah. of most importance to us because life is so short. I don't want to be weighed down any of my days. I want to really cultivate the lifestyle that is beneficial to all of us in this family. For sure. If you have someone who is interested in minimalism, they're just getting started. Tell us kind of the path you take them down, those first few steps that you have people do. So when it comes to decluttering, I, I, I'm sorry if someone else has heard me say this on a different podcast, but I always say start in the bathroom because mm-hmm. so often it's hard to get rid of things because we have sentimental attachment to them. Mm-hmm. But in the bathroom, I mean, how often do we have things that we're sentimentally attached to in there? Usually we can um, just declutter old expired medicines or the products that we don't use anymore. Or just if, even if it's decluttering the countertops, I always tell people, in the bathroom, pull everything out, even pull things down off the wall and wait 30 days Mm -hmm. and then see if you miss those things that you took down 30 days, give yourself a 30 day challenge. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in 30 day challenges with anything, just see how it goes. And if not, like we're not, we're not sold on this idea, but we can always come back. And I think that gives people peace and like a freedom too. like, okay, if I really don't like this, I can go back to what I was used to doing. Mm -hmm. But more often than not, everyone that I've ever mentioned this to has said, oh, I don't even need to put this jar of rocks back on my counter. I don't need (laughs) all the products cluttering this little corner of my countertop because countertops, especially in the bathroom, are very limited. And so I think it looks so much more visually pleasing, especially because most of us start our day and end our days in the bathroom. And Mm -hmm. why do we want that weight of the overwhelm in our bathroom too, you know? Totally. So that being said... What do you have any advice for people who maybe one or the other of a couple? So if your spouse is not on board or when you're working with your kids, do you have any advice Mm -hmm. for other people in your life joining the journey with you? So this is tough because like I told you, my experience was that my husband and I were both unified in this idea, Mm -hmm. but I know that that isn't for everyone. So I would say first and foremost, don't, push this on someone because how often do you find yourself someone trying to push something on you? And I feel like it makes me at least push 
back and I don't want to do it even more so because someone's trying to make me do something that Mm -hmm. I don't want to do. So I would say allow that person to have their own boundaries with the things that they want. I think leading by example is huge here. Allow your spouse to see how you're benefiting from living with less and whether that's your, your side of the closet is more clean or like you're remembering where you've placed things because you're not having a bunch of your things piled up so you don't forget your keys nearly as much. And again, this might not be the answer for everyone. I just think these are little beneficial tips, but I would say in the mutual spaces, I would have conversation and dialogues there. Be honest. Don't like, if you're feeling pushback, maybe save the conversation for a different time when you guys aren't hungry or tired. Um, but I would say living by example, don't put that on someone that doesn't want that. And then dialogue about it because Mm -hmm. that is your spouse and you should be able to talk to your spouse about things like this without hostility and a baby steps like don't don't declutter your entire home and start with his things because again you're probably going to be met with some pushback and then with kids what I've done this is my personal experience with my three-year-old and my baby obviously they don't know what I'm getting rid of and I don't really involve them but with Charlotte she's six and so actually before Christmas this past year, she always gets some gifts on Christmas Eve from our her grandparents. So I was like, hey, you're going to be getting some new toys for your room tonight. Why don't you fill up this box and we can donate this to kids that don't have toys or that's what I said to her. You can do whatever you want with the toys. But mm-hmm. she ended up filling up a box of toys because she knew she was getting more. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a personality thing or we just live this way, but you'd be surprised what kids are willing to do when they know well, one, if they're getting something else, or mm-hmm. if they just want to be empathetic and give to kids that don't have something. I feel like when we can teach that empathy, and I just like that idea yeah. than just like pushing them, I guess, and just throwing them in the garbage. Yeah, I think kids like to have their things and to collect. Unless we teach them, you know, they don't have much ownership over things in the home besides really their toys. So unless we kind of guide them down that path, I don't think that they're going to naturally gravitate towards minimalism. And some things that have helped me with my kids are in your home, let your kids have one space that is there. So maybe a chest, one toy box. For us, because we are still in our rental and it's tiny, they just each have a half of a drawer in their dresser and they can collect whatever they would like in this drawer. Because we all know kids, Mm -hmm. it's like this blue rock and this random twist tie that I found at the park and you know they have all their little random trinkets in there and outside that space is we want to keep our whole home peaceful and tidy for the other people in our family and I feel Mm -hmm. like giving them that little space whatever it is for your family allows them that control while modeling to them how you want the rest of your home to feel and that has really really helped me with my boys and the other thing that has really helped is being intentional about gifts all my kids are young like yours and so they do like the physical unwrapping of presents sometimes it's tricky to say you know we're going to do this trip or we're going to go have this experience because they are such Mm -hmm. tactile little guys And so something that has really helped, a simple tip, is to focus on collections of... So like for us, if my boys love love Legos, they can all be stored in this one 
tidy space and it's not Mm -hmm. a one-off truck and a one-off dinosaur that makes really loud noises that really don't have a lot of long-term use and take up a lot of space. So I like that. We're going to add to our Lincoln Logs or our Magnetiles Mm -hmm. and less just collecting of, of bigger items. So that has helped me with my kids. No, I love that. I love what you're saying. And I think that that also, my daughter really likes arts and crafts. And so for Christmas this year, my parents bought her an easel and then all the crafts that went with it. So the the crayons, the markers. And I think that that's a really great idea to be more intentional about gift giving, just allow people to know when they're wanting to give gifts that, hey, like this is kind of what she's into right now. And I like the idea of Legos or magnetiles or blocks or even the animals that you can get to where it's more, I I don't think the word is multi-purpose. Is it multi-purpose where they can use it for many different things? They can build a block house for their tiger. Right. (laughs) I like that idea that we're not just having a bunch of random items that, yeah, don't really go together and they lose the magic quickly. Right. I would say that they, and it's not going to, that's not true for everyone. Again, like don't feel bad if your kids aren't like this. Again, small steps here and there will make Mm -hmm. a big difference and Mm -hmm. you'll feel that freedom. But yeah, I do like the idea of cultivating a collection as a gift for kids. That's great. Hey, just a little break to bring you our newest sponsor on Vive. And you know, we only bring you sponsors that we know, trust, and use. On Vive is an online health and wellness company that specializes in making healthy living easier. They have a variety of products from health and dietary supplements to bath and beauty products. I personally use their apple cider vinegar, which helps with digestion and promotion of healthy gut bacteria. And... What is more, OnVive is giving away a Mercedes-Benz SUV plus $10,000 cash right now. This SUV fits three car seats. So it's a luxury SUV made into a daily driver to get you and your family to appointments, soccer games, piano recitals, all the things in style. So right now, with every dollar you spend on OnVive's website, you get three entries towards winning the Mercedes plus the cash. So for example, if you buy one bottle of the apple cider vinegar, which I use, you'll get 90 entries towards winning the car. Their giveaway ends June 1st, so time is running low. Make sure you follow them on Instagram at OnVibeLife and head over to their website, OnVibe.com, to get entered to win today. Don't forget, when you purchase your product to use code MAGIC15 for 15% off your order. Head over to our show notes for all the details and a quick link to get there. So you mentioned 30-day challenges and one Mm -hmm. 30-day challenge that my husband and I have done just, we actually just finished it in January, was not buying anything that can't be consumed. I'm sure you've heard Mm -hmm. of this challenge in the the minimalist community. People do it for much longer than a month. Uh, So that means we're only buying things like food or, you know, like shampoo if the other one runs out though, not just an extra. And I feel like that really transformed my purchasing to where if I am going to buy something, it's extremely intentional and has made me focus on the quality of an item. So instead of having five cheap sweaters from stores that won't be named, I focus on what is the one sweater that 
like is classic and will last me years. And that has seriously transformed my view of stuff. And it was only a month. It makes me want to do it longer. Do you have any other kind of hacks like that with diving into minimalism? Yes. So I was just speaking with someone on my podcast and she said, when you're doing a 30 day challenge, something fun that she likes to do is if there is something that you need, why not try to find it on Facebook marketplace, like in a Mm. buy nothing group, which are those groups where people can put things up like, Hey, I have this, like, does anyone want this? So I thought that was a really clever way to, if you actually did need to buy something, Uh maybe check there first. She was telling me, her example was that her coffee machine went out and during her 30 day challenge and she put a little message out on Facebook. Hey, does anyone have a coffee machine that I can borrow? this month and she did she got one oh from my friend. So I was like, yeah I'm like what a creative way to like stick to your challenge and it again the boundaries for challenges are going to look different for everyone and then another hack that I would say that's very beneficial in my day-to-day the author Gretchen Rubin talks about the one minute rule mm-hmm. and so I really love to stick to this one minute rule each day basically if there's something that you can do in about a minute so an example would be maybe hanging up your coat or washing your lunch dish, dish, sorting the mail, closing the hamper, hanging keys on the key hook, just little tasks like that. If you're doing them right away when it happens, it really does save a lot of time at the end of the day when you have to go back and do those things. So I just feel like when I am sticking to that one minute rule, I may not have the bandwidth after I put my kids to bed to just go around like, hey, what did I miss? I need to do this, do this, do this. But if I just do it in the moment, it just saves so much time at the end of the day. So I love that little tip that has helped me be more minimalist, I guess. I love Gretchen and I love the one minute rule. So that's, you know, lending itself to how to be more minimalist in our actions throughout the day, as opposed to, you know, we get our stuff in order and then like looking at your day, are there any things that you would share that help your day feel more maybe rhythmic and intentional as opposed to frazzle? Mm -hmm. Yes. So like you said, we've gotten ourselves to the point to where I'm not constantly having to declutter or deal with tons of mess. Mm -hmm. That said, I do have kids. And so for me, when I'm about to have a break or after I put the kids to bed at night, I just do my quick tidy. I'll Mm -hmm. put a timer on for 10 minutes. And sometimes it, it takes me less than 10 minutes. It's so kind of like along the same lines as the one minute rule. I just like to tidy my space back up. I feel like those two times a day, after lunch and after I put the kids to bed, it makes it so much easier for me to relax and get that refresh that I need. So again, that may not seem like necessarily a minimalist concept. So this is more like post after I've decluttered, but we Mm -hmm. really have set up our space to where I can just go do that. And it makes a huge difference. I don't feel like, oh, I have to, I can't enjoy this book right now because I have to clean up this whole huge mess. So that's really helpful in my day to day. And then I guess, Sticking to some of the sim- like meal planning or just similar meals, kind of like knowing what to expect for the day in that regard is really helpful with three kids because it's like we have one of three choices for breakfast. Maybe a nutritionist wouldn't agree with this, but I'm like, <laughs> I know what we're going to have today. It's one of these three options. I always have those things on hand. And so it just makes it really easy to like make breakfast and do the same with lunch and then dinner berries with meal planning. Again, it's minimalism. Yes. Your lifestyle value is not found in your possession, but like the experiences with one another. And so when I am cleaning up and tidying those two times a day, I'm able to be a more relaxed mom for my children And you might not think, oh, how do my possessions play into that? But they absolutely do. Mm -hmm. It really does 
set the tone of your house when you enter into someone's house and it's really crazy cluttered. Like I said, I have a photographer and I go, in, I go into people's houses and I see what people are living in and it's, it definitely sets the tone. And it, I don't even think people are aware of it, again, until they take those 30-day challenges or those small steps to live with less and then it is such a huge difference. Yeah, I think you mentioned something that is a good a good bar like, to yeah <laughs> to look at in your home. So if you look at your kids' things, can they pick up their toys by themselves in about how long their attention span is? So mm-hmm. if your three year old has more toys than they can pick up and put in this basket in their attention span, it's probably too many. And you know, that lends itself to each age. My six-year-old has a longer attention span for picking up his stuff and organizing it than my three-year-old. And so, you know, he has a little more things that are his own. But if we put that same bar on ourselves, if we get to the end of the day and we feel like our our walls are like bulging, like the closets are like going mm-hmm. to explode and we can't do a tidy in that, you know, 10 minutes or under, it might be a good light bulb moment of do I have too many things like are they controlling my time instead of me being able to you know button this up in a few minutes and that's something that really is a light bulb for me if I have any one Mm -hmm. section of my house where it's like I see the mess and it's so overwhelming and I start to feel like anxious Mm -hmm. it makes me realize this stuff is controlling my most valuable thing which is my time and my time with my my people. And that's like a big red flag for me. And there's trial and error here with what works best. But I do have countless examples of friends in my life that have decluttered just the toy space, even a little bit. And they're like, wow, my kid actually sits and plays a lot longer. And I think that the decision fatigue is real. It's real for us. And it's definitely real for our kids because they get stimulated so quickly too. And so I think that when you are just pulling things out of their play spaces and just kind of limiting, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get rid of them. I like the idea of a toy rotation. If you have maybe some extra closet space or a place in the basement, rotate toys out every so often. Mm -hmm. And then it's like new again. And that's really exciting for especially little kids. So I, I do like the idea of decluttering rooms and in all transparency, my daughter just throughout this quarantine COVID period, her room was starting to get really cluttered with just all of her stuff. She somehow, I think it's because she's the only girl, she went and took all of her things into there. And I felt like she won. She had a really hard time cleaning up her room. But then number two, I felt like she was just not really knowing what to play with because there were just so many things mm-hmm. in there. And I'm, mm-hmm. I asked myself, how did I let this happen? <laughs> we're, we, we're these minimalist people. How did I let this happen? So it is really easy to allow it to happen and to slip if you're not on top of it. Because I do think decluttering is with children, especially going to be a a constant process. Like you're going to constantly have to reevaluate what's coming in, who's brought what in. And I don't think you ever necessarily get to a solid place, but yeah, I think there's no end point, but you can at least have that foundation there. Yeah, for sure. I feel like an exercise that really helps me is, you know, each. So for me, it's on Saturdays. I do like something that's a deeper clean or a declutter in my home and sometimes I try to trick myself that I'm gonna move soon (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it's that little mind game of 
do I love this thing enough that I would move it to a new place and have to like carry it and unpack it and find a new place for it? And Mm -hmm. it's like a really good filter because you're right, it is continual. We can slow down our consumption, but it's never going to halt and people are going to grow out of clothes and they're going to grow out of toys. So it is like just a a filter that I kind of try to have in my mind continually. So I like that Mm -hmm. tip. So Diane, you have a book that is not launched yet, but it is coming out soon. When does it launch? Uh, March 16th is the release oh, date. Okay, one month. Oh, it's from a month today. From today. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your book, what people can expect. Yeah, so I wrote this book. I, I can't believe that this is actually happening. I'm <laughs> just still in shock. But basically, the book is divided into three different areas of focus. So I have mindfulness, time minimalism, and then minimizing possessions and intentional purchasing. So within under those areas of focus, I have these. I call them mantras, but they're more just little ideas that you can meditate on, whether it's throughout the day or throughout the week. It's really approachable. You can take your time going through it. So on my podcast, I have these mantras and it's like borrow, don't buy quality over quantity. Everything has a place. So you can kind of go through Mm. and meditate on that idea. And then it has discussion prompts at the end and just ways that you can apply this to your lifestyle. And then I have bigger areas of focus. So let's simplify sentimental items or pregnancy and postpartum minimalism or holidays, post-holiday decluttering and waste. Mm. So bigger section with these smaller sections. And really, I am someone that as now a mother of three, I need books that I can come back to and maybe just read a little bit and then put it down and then come back the next day, especially with nonfiction. And so I set it up this way just because I know that's kind of what moms need. So yeah, I'm very excited about it. I, I hope that readers really enjoy it. Yeah. And that is something I love about your podcast. And it sounds like your book is you give us information in very digestible, understandable ways that is, is never overwhelming or too much at a time. So I'm so excited to read this. And as I, I'm just diving into this, journey. I think it'll be such a good guide. So if any of you listening right now are thinking, I want to get interested in minimalism, but if you just go dive into the deep world of minimalism, it is overwhelming and it can feel discouraging because most of us are so far from that. So Diane's podcast, I can't recommend enough. She kind of goes all the way around the issue of minimalism and not just the things. And it sounds like your book is going to do that as well. So Thank you for sharing some little nuggets with us today, and we hope to have you back on soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I always love talking to you. So fun. All right, guys, let's find the magic. Me, 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 me. Brown cows.